From the Rodney Kiefery Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Rozier talks to us about how he built up an NCAA strength conditioning program by learning to be a good administrator, how important creativity and being a problem solver is when creating that program, and how growing up on a farm fanned the flame of entrepreneurial endeavors that can help create longevity in our profession. All this on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. The Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 podcast is brought to you by Play. Listen in on a conversation with Play's Global Director of Performance and Education, Coach Mike Buley. Coach Buley describes the vision of how Play will continue to be the company that will propel the innovation of the strength and conditioning profession forward. Well, after 22 years of of coaching, I've learned that connection trumps communication and that it's not enough for coaches to know that you care. And I think you got to take that step further. They need to experience that you care. And I've always been a coach that tried to be more uh, transformational than transactional. And so with that awareness in mind, too, I always enjoyed working and learning and talking to other people and and coaches and developing that camaraderie. I've always made myself available to the community because I remember how hard it was to try to get a crack into this this profession. And and, uh, I promised myself if ever I was given a shot, I would never take advantage of that. I always allow myself to uh, help other people uh, chase their dreams in this profession. It's been very good to me. Play is a company that will help your strength conditioning program find solutions for all your needs. Review second best and check them out at play.us for more information. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Today, I am joined by Coach Gage Rozier. He's currently the Director of Athletic Performance at William Jewell College. And he's also had stops at Northwest Missouri State and the University of Missouri. He's also the host of the Big Time Strength Podcast and the RT Strong Podcast. Welcome to the show, Coach. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, It's quite an honor to be on this one. You know, I I think like a lot of coaches, I spent uh, as I got into the business listening to the Iron Game uh, Chalk Talk podcast with Ron. So to be on the the sequel, I guess, is, is pretty cool. So I appreciate you having me. Appreciate that. Can you tell us a little bit more about your role at William and Jewel? So I serve as the director of athletic performance here at William Jewel College. We are um, in the Kansas City area. We are an NCAA Division II um, institution and the Great Lakes Valley Conference. And my role is it's my fifth year. It started with just myself at Jewel starting in 2016. But since then, I've, I've been very fortunate to have the support administration to, to grow this department. Um, and we have, I currently have a GA and now a full-time assistant as well, who also serves as our, our head powerlifting uh, coach, which is really great for us. Um, so my role specifically, I mean, I, I obviously oversee all of that. Um, I personally re- currently program for just football, men's, women's basketball, volleyball, and baseball. And the other two assistants uh, kind of handle everybody else. Uh, we're adding wrestling. We got we have twenty. We say twenty varsity sports here at Jewel. We program. That's really actually probably like thirteen or fourteen when you combine teams, men's and women's tennis together, or something like that. So everybody else covers those teams. Um, but kind of a cool role that I'm stepping into now at Jewel is I kind of have an admin admin piece to it. So I'm kind of at the admin level to a touch to where. Uh, we have a head powerlifting coach, obviously a powerlifting team, and so I'm pretty involved. He or he reports, excuse me, directly to me, obviously from a strength conditioning standpoint, but also from a recruiting, retention, academic, all the other side that you typically think admin administrators do. I also have a piece of that, which is a learning process for me to figure out right now. Um, but it's fun. It's a fun part of the job. I'm, I'm excited to take kind of that little extra step rather than just 
coaching athletes kind of have a little bit of admin role too, which is, it's pretty cool. Definitely. Even what you just talked about right now, it's a good little bit of insight into the amount of athletes and administrative work that you have to do as a division two head strength and conditioning coach. Now, how do you go about managing that many rosters, even from when you first got there and you're one guy to even if you have a couple of assistants right now, you still are managing a lot of athletes and administrative work. So how do you go about managing everything? For sure. Um, I know I look back at my first couple of years where it's just me and I was fortunate to have a couple of good interns um, that did a great job for me. But honestly, it was a lot of just running around, um, like herding cats, making sure people just kind of are supposed to be where they're supposed to be in a safe way and probably not a whole lot of coaching getting done. Um, looking back at it, you know, at the time I was 24 years old and I, I thought, you know, this is the best thing ever. Like, this is great. And looking back at it, I was like, man, there's so many better things I could be doing or could have done better. Um, but now that we've developed and I, you know, have more staff and working with the same number of athletes, essentially for the most part, I'd say we're much more efficient. You know, we've added technology to that. And I think something we did my first couple of years, I did Excel, I printed out cards. I did that whole thing. Right. So I've added in team builder. Uh, I made a push with our administration and, and wrote a proposal and say, Hey, this is what we need to do and framed it. Not as, Hey, this will make my life easier, easier, which hundred percent it will. But talking in their terms, of this is going to improve the student athlete experience because it's going to have more time for me to coach. We can do all these things that Team Builder does. Most people um, are familiar with Team Builder and the kind of the advantages you can have with that. So adding that was a huge, huge plus for me just from an efficiency standpoint and just making the department better, right? Because I can run reports, I can collect data, I can do all these things where in the past it was, you know, I think we're getting some good stuff done. But I don't really know, I guess, because just with one guy with 400 plus athletes, you don't you can't collect the data. You can't make those decisions. So it was like as long as people were getting in and out and no one's getting hurt. And I felt like they worked pretty hard. I felt pretty good about it. Where now where we're at is I've been able to delegate in my GA, at GA, she has four teams and she does a tremendous job. Coach Joe Brown, is, she's fantastic. And then my other assistant, who's the head powerlifting, he has three teams plus his powerlifting duties, which is, there's a lot to that. Um, but trusting in your staff to do what they need to do. Um, and it took a little bit for me to really kind of take my hands off of everything and let them go be coaches and learn. But now, now that I have two kids, like dude, it's going to be good enough. <laughs> go, go do your thing. I, you know, and I know you know what, no, what that feels like. So, uh, you know, man, so I think it's, it's leveraging technology the best you can delegating those things. Uh, but it's, it's a learning process every time. And we're, we're always just trying to improve the jewel experience in the weight room a little bit every year. It's trying to maybe add one piece in there. That's going to make it a little bit better. Not trying to do everything all at once. Yeah, definitely. And could we talk a little bit more about what it was like to take on the administrative role and essentially fight to get an assistant or get a few assistants and get the team builder technology and operate at a, you know, a division two and not have assistance or the budget or the money given to you. It's a, provides a different challenge. I know for coaches at that level that we, that we are at right now. And, I know it's a constant thing and it's something that you have to learn how to present it to administration and talk in a language that they understand as far as money and everything else goes. So could you talk to me a little bit more about how you went about doing that? So I honestly, I enjoy solving problems. So like, I love coaching. I love doing all that, but I felt like I've done a decent job when it came to jewel, like, okay, what do we need here? And then getting creative on finding ways to get that done. And a couple of other things worked in my favor too, is when I started in 2016, I was the third strength coach in four years. So you, you can imagine, and that's something I knew coming into that interview. So I'm going to pitch, Hey, I'm, 
I'm not going anywhere. This isn't a stepping stone for me. Like I want to be here. And I think maybe that helped me get the job or maybe I was just the cheapest. I'm not sure, but I got it. Okay. But from there, it's, you know, figuring out where like our deficiencies are um, and then trying to solve those problems. And I think that we've done a decent job of that. And honestly, I just learned how to talk the language of what's important to our administration. And again, I, I mentioned earlier, like when I, when I pitched the assistant, the team builder, probably my main two I've had to really expand on. It wasn't a pitch of like, oh, I'm overworked. I work in so many hours. I can't do this. Like they don't want to hear that. It was a pitch of this is going to make our student athletes better. This is going to make their coaching better. It's going to make safety better. It's going to increase, decrease our injuries, things that really they can't say no to. Like you can't, you can't say no that. But if I go to them and say, hey, I need all these things because I'm getting overworked and this is ridiculous or whatever it is, you know, I can't. That's just going to fall on deaf ears to them. But the fact that I was the third strength coach, and I, I'm pretty sure those prior two strength coaches, I don't know this for sure, but I'm guessing they kind of said the same things to administration at that point. It's like, hey, I need some help, this, this, and this. But by the time I got there, it probably helped me out that, okay, and this is the third guy who said that the last four years. So maybe we should do something about this. Uh, so that probably helped me a little bit. But also I think the way we can frame things um, helped us along that path too. And honestly, I haven't been denied much. Another one we've got is uh, new dumbbells, which is a significant expense as well. But again, I framed it as a safety thing. And it is a safety thing, 100% with the uh, status of our dumbbells at the time. Um, but just learn how to speak their language. And honestly, I've been so fortunate. Our administration here at Jewel has been fantastic. They support what we're doing. And large part is because we get really good feedback from the students. They like what we're doing in here, too. So the administration sees that it's a, it's a good thing that's happening here. Let's support it. Let's give it what it needs um, to keep making it the best we can. So I've been very fortunate. I haven't had a whole lot of hiccups um, along the way. The only thing I got denied one time was I got denied an um, electronic timer, um, a laser timer. But then I waited a year, then I, I got it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've been very fortunate. Oh, yeah. Nice. And... I noticed you were named staff member of the year for athletics for three years in a row. And it really shows, and it's a testament to what you got going on there at William and Jewel and the program you're trying to run. And I think, you know, if you try to frame it in a, a way for student athlete safety, and an increase of student athlete experience, I think administrators will be more prone to agree with you and try to find solutions as well. Now, could you talk a little bit more about what you learned while being a part of well-established strength programs at Northwest Missouri State and at Mizzou and how it better prepared you for your job now? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. So like Northwest Missouri State, I was a GA there for two years and interned there for about a year as well. And what I learned just from there, I get when that's your first spot, like that's all you know, right? Is what's in front of you. I have no nothing to you know reference that to. And I really took advantage of just the culture that Coach Joe Quinlan has established there. It's not just him, you know, just the athletic department in general. All those teams are bought in. They've had success, so there's no reason to not really buy in. And just the accountability within the team. You know, a lot of people, like, when they do breakdowns, uh, like, family on three, one, two, three, family. And, you know, I hear that sometimes. I'm like, man, nothing – the only thing I – there's nothing about your actions that suggests, like, this is family. But, like, at Northwest, what I – looking back on it is – like it was a real family there across a lot of those teams, just the way they held each other accountable, accountable way. They just support each other. You know, this really strong culture is important. And there's, and, and I probably took that for granted when I was there, I'm a young GA. And, but when you leave there, it was like, so apparently obvious, like culture is so stinking important. So, and then from Mizzou, I was just a, uh, an intern at Mizzou for a summer um, back in 2014 with Pat Ivy and his staff I'll tell you, there was 12 of us interns. Uh, so what I did 
is I learned a lot of training stuff, sure. But just watching Pat Ivy, how he ran his staff, because there's 12 interns and there's they essentially have 12 full-time strength coaches at the time. Not all of them worked with football. There's different, it's structured much different now, but you know, essentially 24 of us in the room for a staff meeting, just watching him operate and how he conducted those and the debriefs and the prep and all that. I learned so much from that internship and it's so valuable as I do a lot of those things I learned during that, just from observing him, try to do those same things here at Jewel when it comes to our prep and how we treat our staff and um, just all the stuff that I guess the admin side of the job I really enjoy. And I, I took a lot of that away from that internship at Mizzou. So bringing that into Jewel, then taking that, of you know, transparency, we we struggle a lot at Jewel and across some of our sports to compete. There's several different reasons for that, probably. Um, and we're getting better and our kids are great. They're fantastic. But trying to f- take stuff from Northwest my first mistake I made was trying to run the same program. Joe ran at Northwest with his athletes, with our athletes at Jewel. It didn't work. We had terrible results actually. So, uh, but I learned pretty quick. Okay. We got to adjust things for this type of kid. Our academic load on these kids is just nuts here. So just that piece that goes into, and I've learned a lot. Uh, so just, and I'm still learning. I'm still learning what really works for our kids. What doesn't, um, And it's just, it's a continual process of of experimentation, I guess, but really it's about, I think the main thing, it's culture. It's, it's trying to build that culture of accountability. We talk, uh, our three main things we talk at Jewel is be disciplined, be responsible, uh, be a teammate. Those are the three, I guess you want to call them core values. And we have some like key behaviors underneath that we really want to look for as a staff from our kids. Yes, definitely. We learn a lot more from the mistakes we make and i think that's an important lesson for everybody to learn you know i have done it and you said you've done it and and i'm sure if you haven't done it yet you will do it eventually where you're take a program that might have worked at northwest missouri or may have worked at you know mizzou and try to implement it at at jewel and just realize it's something very different or same that you might be the same thing at at Jewel, and it's going to be something very different if I were to try to run it at MSU Denver and if anybody else tried to pick it up and run it. So I think it's always good to pay attention to what your athletes are showing you and just prescribe and keep it simple according to what your athletes' needs are, not so much just because it's what we did somewhere else or it's what somebody else is doing. So I think that's a great piece of advice now, you, you spoke a little bit about the accountability with your athletes. Can you tell me a little bit about the culture you have amongst your staff, especially considering one of your assistant strength coaches is a head coach for the powerlifting team? Could you talk a little bit more about that, please? So part of our, if you want to call it a handbook, is what I expect out of our staff is number one, be our culture. So those things, like anything we expect out of the kids, we want to do ourselves as well. But kind of how I approach, and also it's a it's a learning process for me right now, especially with the powerlifting side, adding that piece into it on kind of what my role is with learning that whole admin side has been interesting. But with the GAs, for example, my first GA was Miles Clifton. Uh, he's now the director of athletic performance at Luther College, and he's one of my best friends my entire life. He grew up actually, we were neighbors, but we were five five miles apart in the country. So <laughs> in Northwest Missouri, but knowing my entire life, but just learning how I, I tell them like, listen, when you get here, you're going, I'm going to baby it for a little bit. I'm not going to just, you have four teams right out of the gate go. I'm not quite at that level yet. Um, so it's about teaching them how just jewel operates. Cause like you said, it, it, you can't do that because they need to learn Jewel first. They need to learn our situation, our weight room. I try to tell them before, like on an interview process, how our schedule works. Like you don't, you can't figure it out. You can't program. You can't figure that out until you're, you've been in it. So like for our last, our current GA, Joe Brown, she he was in it for probably three months her first fall before I really turned things over to him. 
And once that happens, though, once I turn those teams over to you, they're your teams. I mean, go for it. We'll talk programming. Yeah, you need to justify your program, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and critique your entire program, this, this, and this, and what I would do, because I want her to make those mistakes as well. Now, if it's ridiculous and it's not right at all, number one, I shouldn't have probably made a mistake of turning those. She wasn't ready, you know, that shouldn't have turned that team over in the first place. But I will say, hey, don't do that. That's a terrible idea at this time of year or whatever it might be. But honestly, we haven't had that because I want to hire good people. And that's number one. I've hired two amazing GAs and our powerlifting coach, Devin Hans, is tremendous as well. So hire good people, number one, uh, and then trust them to do the job. But I do kind of, I guess, make sure they're acclimated to the climate of Jewel first on how to operate here before I just let them go. And then we do evaluations um, kind of quarterly to make sure they're checking all these boxes and what are they working on, especially with their grad work and all this. And we try to do some of that too, but honestly, it's a lot of just learning on the fly. And that's what I did Northwest. That's the best way to do it. In my opinion, I learned so much just by, there's this balance of, Hey, don't completely throw them to the wolves, but yes, to an extent to where they can handle it, but also make, make mistakes. We'll be right back. Flex is the latest product to enter the velocity-based training market. Developed by the team at GymAware, Flex is the only laser-based system available. And it's this unique technology that makes Flex the most accurate and reliable barbell tracking product in the sub $500 category. That's right, you heard it, sub $500 barbell velocity tracker. And that's easy to use. It's wireless and yes, it's portable. It's specifically designed for individual use with its own social platform and automatic training log. Flex captures all the critical performance and technique metrics that people demand from a VBT device. Velocity, power, bar path, range of motion, and even bar position. Live feedback is delivered through the Flex app on every lift and all the data is automatically stored for review. Find out why VBT is such a powerful training method and what separates Flex from its competition at flexstronger.com slash vbtfuture. Again, that's flexstronger.com slash vbtfuture. Yeah, definitely. I think learning on the fly and being thrown into the fire is one of the best ways to learn. Like there will be a lot of failure at the beginning, but failure is the best teacher and it a good it's a good opportunity for us to see what that person's made of when they're in the thick of it all. So I think that's a a great way to learn. Now, you had mentioned you had a a couple of assistance assistance now how do you go about asking the right questions when you're bringing on a new assistant or when you're interviewing? Cause I know when I ask throughout our interviews, you know, it could be a crapshoot sometimes. Sometimes a person really interviews well. And then when they get into the weight room and on our staff, you realize that there's somebody completely different from what you talk to in an interview. So what's your questions that you ask or that you look for that, has contributed 100%. to your success and your staff. So I'll tell you, this has changed. I've hired my first hire. I've already spoke. It was miles Clifton. Um, and essentially he was one of my best friends. And that was my first hire as a first assistant strength coach at jewel in general. So I went through the whole interview process thing. We took applications, um, all this and, and side miles was like just starting his, strength conditioning type thing. He had basically no experience. So there was much more qualified people for that role, but I went strictly, I, I hired, I, I interviewed three different people for it. And I just, I didn't feel good about it. Like I, I did not feel good about the situation with those three people. I can, there's a little different reasons for each one. And essentially what it came down to is like, all right, miles had done an internship with Joe. Quinlan at Northwest for a summer. That was basically the only experience he had. Joe's like, he's good to go. He's like, all right, that's good enough for me. And from a strength conditioning side, and I know Miles from the personal side, like, I'm going to hire this person because I know who this guy is. I know his values. I know he's a great person, a really hard worker. 
we can teach all the strength conditioning stuff as we go. So that was my first hire. Now the second one, and Miles is a lot like me in a lot of ways. So we didn't have a whole lot of variety in my staff that first hire. So when it came time to hire Jill, I wanted to look for something different than me. I wanted to look for a different personality than me, um, something that would bring a little extra to our department. And Jill checked a lot of those boxes. So when I, I was looking for some personality, some energy, it's not that I don't have that. Um, it's not that Miles didn't have that or, or what, like something different, I guess. And to just, when I ask, when I call references, I guess I just ask questions that Again, I don't really care much about their strength conditioning. I remember we brought her in. She had just came off of playing volleyball at college. So she's straight, straight out of undergrad. And people are like, well, she doesn't have much experience. Like, yeah, I, of course she doesn't. I mean, she's been a, you know, she's been a collegiate volleyball player. I don't really care much about that. What I want to know is, is she willing to learn? What's her personality like? And when I call her references, I ask them like, if you had a position, like, would you have her right now? And it's one thing everybody said about her is like, if I had the position, I'd hire her in a second. So that tells me that she wasn't a good person or didn't have a great um, respect about her. Like they wouldn't, they wouldn't have said that. No, they're not going to keep her around. So I guess, I don't know. And then from there, we bring, we bring GAs on campus. We flew her in from Mississippi, uh, which most people don't bring GAs on campus. Um, Just, and I, my wife is really good at reading people and something that I maybe give people too much benefit of the doubt. I don't know. But so I actually, when I have a chance, um, take my interviewees, I guess, uh, out to lunch with my wife and they have to pass that test. And she is about 10 out of 10 every time she's right on a person just from that vibe. So she's got something about her that, um, she, she can read people. So I leverage that. Um, so that's maybe a unique thing that I use on the interview process. Uh, some people might think about, um, but we take them through the whole gamut. They have to meet like everybody at jewel. And then Devin, our head powerlifting coach that, that was different for me as well, because he, I didn't have the sole call on him because his, his main priority or, one of the top priorities is recruiting. So he has to work with admissions and this whole other side of jewel that I don't have to work with. So I have to check the strength conditioning side, um, box, but I have to work with other administrators our ADs and some people up the chain from him on bringing him in as well. So that was an interesting, um, process, I guess. Definitely. I think that's some good piece of advice right there. I think it's good that you're able to incorporate your your home family with your work family and have your wife help you out in the interview process. I think that's a good you know piece of advice, even in and of itself, right there. Just integrating it and, and trying to create something special for yourself there. Now, could you talk a little bit about any advice that you had for any coaches that's looking to start a side hustle? I, I know that you're not going to see very many of us D two D three head strength coaches on the USA today's top salaries for collegiate strength and conditioning coaches. It's just, it's just the reality of the fact and side hustles is a way to keep us coaching and doing what we, what we love to do. And especially with COVID it's gonna, it's kind of forced us to recreate the wheel and look at ways to keep us in this industry. So could you let, our listeners know and other coaches in on how you go about having your side hustles and making them successful, knowing darn well that you have a huge obligation as a head strength and conditioning coach and make sure you handle your business there. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, COVID, like you said, had me thinking a lot, maybe about, okay, what's your end game in strength conditioning? Is, is it to, you know, coach 20, five, 30 hours on the floor every week until you're 60. I mean, is that your end game? Um, I don't know how sustainable that is and just, okay, let's be more adaptable. Let's have some different sources of revenue that, you know, that's a part of it too. Um, but honestly, my whole family are farmers. I'm the only person in my family that doesn't farm. So farmers are entrepreneurs and I always have that kind of itch 
to do a little bit of that. And so I've had this even before COVID. So with, I guess the big time strength podcast, that is myself, Preston Peterson and Amanda Berg. They're fantastic. We, we interview small school strength coaches and female strength coaches, kind of the underserved, I guess, if you want to call it that uh, strength conditioning coaches kind of give them a platform, learn from them, especially like the admin side, a lot of stuff we've been talking about here, but that was more seen again as a, I felt like that there was a need for that, a need for information from coaches, the majority of coaches who are at, you know, small schools, whether that's high school, like the small D2, NAIA, D3 level, that a lot of the most popular strength conditioning podcasts don't cover what my main issues were as a head strength conditioning coach at the time I was 25 when I started that, that's got me and it's 400 athletes. I need some help on my specific issue. So that was kind of the idea behind that is let's, I think, and I thought people would be interested in it. And we've had, we have a decent following on it, which is, which is fun. So that was more like, I feel like I could fill a need and serve, give back to the strength conditioning community and add some value, you know, and I, I think we've done a decent job with that. And we're and selfishly, it was for me to network, get outside my comfort zone a little bit, talk to amazing coaches like you, you were one of our first uh, guys on the show and that's been really fun. So then the R strong, that's, that's um, just solely me. And it used to be called Rosier performance. And so now I've kind of rebranded into our strong performance. And the reason, the reason for that is one, I think it's a cooler name. And number two, Again, my family were farmers, were entrepreneurs. My family's actually starting a, a distillery and it's called Our Farm Distillery. So I'm kind of branding it along the same path as the Our Farm Distillery with Our Strong Performance. Um, but the idea with that is we've all had, we all have people, right, that see what we do and they text us and say, hey, can you write us a workout, whatever. And we all get those calls and I want to serve people. I do want to help people. And I'll tell you the mistake I've made in the past is I've tried that delivering that help a few different ways in the past. And honestly, I didn't do it very well. It was, I didn't take the time to really, I guess, uh, figure out how I wanted to deliver it. Number one. And number two, like who I actually wanted to deliver to. So like the first few years that I had people asking, it'd be like, you know, my, a lot of my family, older people, um, that just want me to write up the workout so they can do certain things. And they just weren't, it's not my specialty, I guess, is the um, body weight only. Now I'm a little bit better now because of COVID with the body weight stuff, but I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like the people who just um, want to work out to work out and can't really do much. Like I, I would say athletic based strength training. And so I would help them for a while. And then at some point they just weren't motivated I didn't deliver very good service or whatever it might be. Just kind of, it always fizzle out. So this time around, I've just rebranded into our strong performance and I haven't actually even put out any training packages or options yet. Cause I'm taking the time to really dial in and like, who am I actually trying to serve here? Like who are the people that I really want to help? And I'm, I'm kind of dialing it into athletes, obviously, or even, former washed up athletes that still want to train athletic based training. You know, um, those are the type of people we're looking at and then figuring out actually what their actual frustrations and needs are and not necessarily what I think they are, but hear from the people themselves and actually put out some content as well. And that's why I've, I've never put out any content in the past directed towards people like that. Just a big time strength podcast, which is more for coaches but the R strong podcast, I just started and it's essentially just me talking to myself in my basement, <laughs> and it's, uh, but you know, whatever the dog's sitting there. So I talk to the dog. Um, but that is more trying to educate from a, I guess it'd be really like low level side where I'm starting at. I don't know where it's going to go, honestly. Um, but like the last podcast I did is like the difference between like training and working out or the difference between, and I, I'm doing a podcast on like, uh, you know, training with limited equipment, stuff like that. So we'll talk more specific training stuff as well. So, you know, man, I don't, I don't know where it's going to go. Actually, I've got some really fun ideas 
And it's that balance though of my, still my number one priority is delivering a great experience for our student athletes at William Jewel college. But on the side, like I want to deliver a great experience for my family too. And we're, we don't want to get caught in that situation. Ron's talked about this a lot and you already mentioned it is like, you have to be able to, if you get furloughed or even if you don't get furloughed and you got a really steady job, but you're only making money that's not, it could be better. You know, I'm not satisfied with where, where I'm at right now. And it's, it's, I, I can do, I can do more and that's what I'm trying to do, I guess. And I, I don't view it as being a sellout to the profession or taken away from our athletes at Jewel. I'm still going to provide a great service to them, but I'm doing this for my family because that's what's most important. Mm. Absolutely. I, I think we've all thought about it for sure, especially, you know, with COVID and, and the possibility of a lot of different outcomes. It's something we really actually had to sit there and take a good look at it and, and figure out what's the best approach that we could all create sustainability yeah. and, and stay in our, our profession. And I think one more thing on that is I think the mistake I made, I guess, is like just thinking, Hey, here's a workout or not really branding it and not really marketing it. And it's so uncomfortable for me to do that. The second I released like a podcast episode and hit play just to make sure it's working. <laughs> I hit pause real quick. Cause I don't want to hear it. You know, I don't want to hear, I just not, I do not want to hear it. Um, but in order to do this, to make this work, I think you have to, you have to be able to push your own brand, really sell yourself because I've tried the whole, Hey, I'm a professional strength coach. You should buy my program and you might get one or two, but again, it'll fizzle out. And it's just not, that's not, you're going to do a side hustle. There's not much hustle there. There's not much side either. There's not much there, you know? So like, if you want to make it good, you got to brand, you got to market. And by no means am I an expert on that. And I'm just really dipping my toe into that kind of realm and seeing what works, what doesn't and trying that out. But there's no excuse not to, because I'll mention team builder again, their new payment or their new portal is there's, they take so many of the hard steps out for you that really you can just focus on making some great programs and how to market it and deliver the experience for your people. It's really easy to do probably, but it's going to be probably somewhat uncomfortable as well. It should be. Yeah, definitely. I think that's actually some very important advice, you know, just having a strength coach. We are, trained or educated with mostly the exosomes and exercise science but you know the reality of the fact is we have to be good at marketing ourselves whether you're applying for another collegiate job or starting your own business you know your online presence and your reputation brand is a very important thing that you need to be managing at the moment so that's some great insight there now what is a piece of advice you'd give to the younger coach and young, when I say younger, I mean the coach just coming off a GA or just coming off an internship and are really in the weeds of our profession, the unpaid side of things and working their way up. What's a piece of advice you tell them? Uh, that's a great question. And I, I, tr I want to answer this in a way that's not cliche that how another, oh, everybody else answers questions. Um, cause you listen to enough podcasts, you can almost answer questions for people. Sometimes it feels like, uh, but I would say and it's probably somewhat of a cliche answer is you have to be open-minded cause we've already touched on a number of things. Like if you come out this internship and even if it was at the same level, like coming from Northwest to Jewel, what you're doing at Jewel probably may or may not work what you did at Northwest. And don't be the person that says, constantly well what we did at x place or this is how we did it here and there's good to bring those things to it but don't always try to be it's not apples to apples all the time uh be open-minded and really approach the situation just to keep on learning because you'll never learn all of it you'll there's stuff you can learn from every coach every situation and then again i would always i would be 
just for me personally, this is my feelings. Start thinking of ways that you can not be tied to the system. Um, you know, and this Ron talks about this, you know, being the everybody, a lot of people talk about it, but not try to do kind of your own thing a little bit too. So if that situation come where you can't find that job, and we always hear everybody talking about like, can't find a job, applied to 700 internships, got two callbacks. Well, if you ever do get one or whatever it might be, or if you don't have one, like find a way to leverage yourself uh, where you're not tied to the system of strength conditioning because it's going to have its ups and downs, which are great. Um, every industry will, I'm sure. But I think, especially during COVID, if you can be more of the entrepreneur side to at least have a backup plan, if you ever had to do go that route, be thinking about that. You don't necessarily have to take a bunch of action on it, but always have that in the back of your mind, I think, of uh, what you're going to do if that happens. And then I guess another one is like, what's your end game? Like, what are you really in it for? Is it to really coach 24-7, be on the floor 60 hours a week and take pride in that? Go for it. That's if that's your deal. Go for it. But really find like what you love about the industry and try to leverage that. Definitely. And, that, and that's some great advice. And I was just having that conversation with an intern the other day. I, I didn't, you know, I don't care what school you're at before, the, you know, what kind of athletes you had there. It's just a different athlete, a different, you know, environment here in a different weight room. So it just wasn't going to work. And that, of course, made it for a very fun conversation. <laughs> but I, I know what it's like to be young and, and full of energy and, and ready to take on the world. So, you know, if you could pick up the phone and call Gage Rozier from five years ago, what would you tell him? Um, I would say pause or dig deeper, maybe. You know, early on, I think um, – Early on, I think that I was too quick to not, I guess, to speculate and not really figure out, you know, why this coach is doing this a certain way when you're working with sport coaches or administration, or why did they come to this decision and not really dig deep to go get the information from the person who's actually making the decisions and really understand the why behind it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And not really digging deeper to figure out the why. Cause what I found is when I don't agree with the decision, whether it's a decision the administration's making or that a sport coach is taking their team or whatever it might be and how that, and it impacts me when I go actually ask them and talk to them about what that decision, how they came to that, I realize it's not, it makes sense on their end and they can't satisfy everybody just like I can't satisfy everybody in the way you're, especially when it comes to scheduling, scheduling is a nightmare um, every year. But when you go ask and dig deeper and really find out the why, number one, now, you know, the cards that everybody's playing with and now I'm smarter. So now I know what they're dealing with. Now I know kind of all the things they're balancing. So how can I leverage what I want to get, knowing what cards they're playing with. Now I know more of the rules that's going on and, and I'm more intelligent about the whole process. I didn't do that early on. It was all just like, I can't, I don't understand why they do that. I don't understand why they don't, why they schedule this way or why they don't hold their kids accountable this way or why they picked so-and-so to be a captain or something like that. I did a lot of speculating and not a whole lot of investigating and being curious. And I try to do much more of that now Again, because it it makes me it makes me better because now I know more that's going in there thinking and in a selfish way. Now I can play the game a little bit better on my end. I think that's a, a great great advice and great negotiating tactic. You know, go in there knowing what both parties want so you can create something that works well with both of you versus just guessing at it. So, you know, what's next for Coach Rozier and what you got going on? What's something that you're excited for coming up? Honestly, man, uh, we're just trying to we're trying to make Jewel strength the best we can. And I think our next step here is we got to add some type of nutrition component to what we're doing. We've dabbled in it. Um, I've educated. We have a refuel concept that we really it's kind of our it's the nuts and bolts, you know, eat breakfast, all that stuff, eat protein but really taking that to the next level. I'd, I'd love to get to the point to where we're providing our kids, our athletes, some nutrition 
pre or post workout. That's I think the next step that we need to do here to take our department to the next level. And I've got some ideas on how to do that. I need to I need to pick your brain on some uh, fundraising. I know you're the master of that. So um, that's my biggest thing now is how can I take that? And then also the admin piece of my job I've already mentioned a couple of times of learning how to be a really good administrator to take my role, not just to, you know, get our athletes stronger and help prevent injury, but, you know, how can I help the school or help my assistant recruit great kids in here, which is a learning process. So being better at that. And then it's a side hustle side is I want to serve more people outside of Jewel the best that I can and see what I can do with it. And I've got some cool ideas that um, will take some time to really before I'm really established enough to do it. Um, but I just want to keep chipping away at it, keep putting good content out there. Hopefully, um, you know, there's times too, I think, and this is, I just want to share this because I just started the R strong podcast and there's it's like four episodes out and, you know, I'm sitting there talking to our dog Penelope and <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing down here? And like, no one's going to listen to this. And my wife named, I don't like the name Penelope, but my wife named her. Um, yeah, so I put it out and then I was like, I don't know who's going to listen to it, but whatever. But then I, I get a, a direct message through Instagram the next day. And it's like, dude, I just want to tell you, I have to tell you this. I was in a rut and I know this person, but you know, he's a year older than me. It's like, I was working out really good, but then, you know, I kind of got in this mindset in a little bit of a rut where it's like, man, I don't need to train anymore. What am I doing? Like, it's much easier for me to sleep in kind of go down that path. He said, but I listened to all three of your podcasts are like 20 minutes long. And he's like, dude, I woke up, fired up this morning and went and freaking killed it today. I was like, man, that's awesome. You know? And it's like, you don't think that people don't want to know what you, and that might be the only person that is enjoying it. I don't know, but like, it's worth it. It is worth it. So I remember where I'm going with that, but I guess the idea is I just want to keep trying to help and do it in a way that you got to do it in a way that fits you though. And don't try to force something that, cause it, that won't be sustainable. If you try to do something that, um, you aren't really passionate about or really can't deliver consistently. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely a big fan of that. What's one good way our listeners can reach out or, or do you have any social media you can give a shout out for anything? If our, if our listeners have a follow-up question for you. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. Um, I think it's G dot Rozier is my personal account. That's mostly just pictures of my son, uh, my kids. And then I have an R strong performance on Instagram as well that I just started. There was like four posts. It's not anything super crazy. Um, but if you're interested in that, that'd be great. Um, really appreciate any feedback people can give me on that as well. Definitely, uh, learning a lot about that. We've already talked about a lot and then big time strength on Instagram as well. Uh, shout out to Preston Peterson and Amanda Berg. They're my, my co-hosts on it. And we got a really cool system going on where I interview a college small school coach. They, Amanda interviews a female strength coach and Preston interviews a high school. And then we have one podcast a week where we're all on there, a crew chat where we just kind of talk about whatever we want to talk about. So if you want information on that, that's at big time strength. That's all on Instagram. I'm on Twitter and stuff as well, but I don't really do much on that. Um, so Instagram is probably the best or email is is fine too. And I'm sure that will be in the show notes, but, um, yeah, reach out anytime. Be happy to share whatever. Absolutely. Coach. Thank you for being on the podcast today. I wanted to reach out and definitely get some of your insight and how you're building out jewel out there to become a, you know, a great strength and conditioning program and, and, and see all your success and everything you got go that you've built and, and you got going on out there. So yeah, thank you for being on the podcast and you know, I look forward to catching up with you here soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Optimum Nutrition Athletics. After dominating the sports nutrition industry for over 30 years, the newly created Optimum Nutrition Athletics brings the same trust and quality at a great price. They've worked hard to put convenient nutritional supplement options in the hands of your athletes. Because of the increased demands, ON now offers their third-party tested NSF certified gold standard whey protein powder in 10 pound bags exclusively for their athletics partners. 
Owen even released ready-to-drink cartons of their gold standard whey protein shakes for your athletes and coaches that are on the go. Colleges and universities across the country have partnered with ON to give their athletes the highest quality nutritional supplements, and ON continues to deliver. They provide flexibility and affordability for all their partners. If you'd like to learn more about their expanding line of supplement products, or if you're interested in becoming a partner, contact ON's Rachel Kravitz on Instagram at ON underscore athletics underscore West or email rkravitz at glambia.com. Team Builder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities. Used by more than 2,500 organizations around the world, performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or on tablets in the weight room. You can even print individualized workout cards of your programs directly from their systems. Right now, when you start a 14-day trial, use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, to access more than 70 strength and conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. Today, coaches from around the country use Team Builder's built-in questionnaire module to create COVID-19 pre-screening questionnaires sent to athletes daily. We've been using Team Builder at MSU Denver for several years now and cannot recommend them enough. Hewitt and his staff go above and beyond to help create an outstanding user experience for all the teams they work with. I've yet to run into a type of periodization or programming format that the staff at Team Builder cannot tackle and create. From asking around, it is clear more college and high school strength coaches use Team Builder more than any other training program available. Go to teambuilder.com and check them out. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.